What do you want? Screaming queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming Queens Horror Podcast. What do you want? Screaming Queens Horror Podcast to your death. Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Better give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch. It was an asylum. And it was hell. 20 years of pure hell. The devil wins sometimes. What's that? Monsters. Welcome to Screaming Queens, the queer horror podcast. My name is Jonathan Larkin. I'm Mark Infinity. Uh, I'm Jonathan Butler. And we come to you in the wake of Storm Kiera, Kiera, Ciara, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Jonathan was just telling us a horror story. How long does it take you to get from London to Liverpool? About twelve and a half hours. How many trains did you have to get? In the end, it was only two. All the ones to Liverpool were cancelled. Yeah. All the ones to Preston were cancelled, so we couldn't even change the crew. So we had to. There was one train an hour, and there was about uh, three thousand people trying to get on a train that held wow. nine hundred. Oh <laughs> they shut, they closed Euston Station in the end to, yeah. to like, stop Crowd people. Control. Yeah, they stopped people coming in so that they could empty the station. Yeah, that is madness, isn't it? Yeah, we've thought how many people were stranded. That was it is crazy, isn't mm. it? I mean, we could have went back to a hotel or anything, but yeah. But I imagine there was a lot of people stranded, so... And it was families and stuff, you said? So was people yeah, there was people holding the kids in the air, like, let me on the train, and <laughs> passing suitcases, it was a bit... Uh, Were they their kids? <laughs> oh, well, that might not have been their own children. Yeah. It was just, they were holding kids in the air, yeah. to try and get yeah. on the train. That's madness. Kids they picked up from the street. <laughs> <laughs> it was a barter for a play. We've, we've had howling winds and stuff, haven't we? Yeah, it's, been, it's been perfect for me reading Dracula, which I'm still reading. It's so long. Really? It's so long. It's like 500 odd pages, and you're, and you're like, this could have been 400 pages at the most. Yeah. It's done in letters, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Letters and journal entries and stuff, and it's good. It's re- it is. I'm really enjoying it. But I'm up to like the last 50 pages, and I really can't wait for it to end now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, come on, get on with it. And Mina Harker is like so unwoke at some She keeps referring to herself as a poor, weak little woman who needs men to rescue her. But I keep seeing her as Winona Ryder as well. Damn you, Francis Ford. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, welcome. Um, it's been how long? It's been about six weeks since uh-huh. we last had a podcast session. Um, so much has changed in that time. You will see that we're, we'll hear that we're a, we're a gay down. <laughs> we're a gay down. And that's because um, Stephen, unfortunately, had a bit of a mishap with the book plug. <laughs> um, and he is recuperating as we speak in A&E. With the body cast. <laughs> the body cast. Yes, I kept telling him that 19 inches was too much even for him. It's actually taller than him. <laughs> 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 for those of you who worried the book plug is still intact it's still in, the book plug's got to be just fine we just we just don't know about Stephen. Yeah. get in the washing machine they'll be fine yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully yeah hopefully Stephen will have the book plug removed and will be with us in on our next session <laughs> the in, book in plug will have Stephen removed <laughs> yes in fact you know what we could just draw a Stephen face on the book plug and it would probably talk a bit more sense than <laughs> actually not that you know I'm talking behind his back or anything nobody tell him that I said that I um, so yeah we have no Stephen for this episode um, which is a shame because it's our first episode mm-hmm. back of 2020 mm-hmm. wow but as I told him in our group chat, he made his choice. He did. Has he, has he not seen the film, or is he just? I don't think he's actually seen the film we're discussing tonight. Anyway, so so his input would be minimal anyway. Yeah, <laughs> he's busy seeing musicals in London. And yeah, Calavanton. Calavanton. London, was he? Yeah, he's been in London. He's a gay who's in London, not seeing the Madame X show. I can't believe mm-hmm. it. To be fair, at least his musicals would be cancelled last minute. <laughs> anyway, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. We're returning to you with a big love heart and a big kiss and a box of chocolates. Um, and some flowers from the garage. Some flowers from the garage. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Jonathan brought flowers, but his hands bleed, and I think he might have stolen them from someone's bush. <laughs> um, does anyone want to? Has anyone done anything exciting in our little in our break since Christmas? I mean, we've had a little holiday over in Cyprus, and that was nice. And I read the book Benighted after we did the old dark house that oh, you yes. kindly got me for Christmas, yes. Jonathan. Um, and I would recommend anyone who's seen the old dark house or who hasn't to read the book. It's very easy, very short. So, like Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, like Stephen, but with um, less need for lube. <laughs> and less chance for paper cut if you turn them over too quickly. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the film's very faithful to the book, but it maybe, it, yeah, it maybe makes it, some things maybe make a little bit more sense in the book than they do in the film. Um, but it's good, yeah. It's definitely worth a read. Is there more of the gay hints in the book? No, not necessarily. No, no more explicit gayness from Horace Femme. No. <laughs> Jonathan, anything to report? No, not not what I want to talk about really. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I wouldn't bring it up on the podcast, and I won't. But if you want to uh, guess what it might be, then please do um, yeah. tweet us with your suggestions of, of what Jonathan has um, yeah. been up. What's been up, Jonathan? What's been, Jonathan's been up to in the last <laughs> few weeks. Um, but yes, I've got. What have I got to report? I've been on holiday seven times. To, <laughs> seven times. Seven times. I went to um, Lisbon to see the Madame X show, which was fabulous. My ninth time seeing Madonna and the best time seeing Madonna. Um, all went really, really swimmingly until the next day. I woke up with a stomach bug. And I had shits for four days nice. from Lisbon to Rome on Ryanair. Yeah. Oh. Um, all the way? It's all like the a big way. line. All the way, yes. Do you know what? I could, there was no room on that plane to shit, actually. <laughs> Jet stream of <laughs> As is Ryanair's want. Um, and then, they charge yeah, you extra for that. They do, <laughs> they do yeah. The runs tax. <laughs> um, the runs way tax. And then, um, yeah, so I spent four days in Rome where I couldn't eat. Yeah. Which was, you know, a delight. Yeah. A delight. However, Rome is fabulous and I do recommend it. Um it's like every corner there's a there's a jello yeah. scene on every corner that's so old and ancient. I and think that dark. picture that picture you took in Portugal of the, the woman. You, you oh yeah. Accosted yeah. the woman on the streets yeah. and she's turning around, it's amazing. I yeah, I was taking like knife photography because I'm a pretentious cunt. And um this girl who was like walking home got in the way. But as I took the picture she turned around to look at this weirdo who was taking a photograph of her. <laughs> And it looks like she was like, it's like a still from a jello, so I'm mm-hmm. just quite pleased with that. Um, you can see that on my Twitter, at Johnny Larkin, if you scroll back through my media. Couple, um, yeah, you need to just need to come up. Someone should pick the title. What's the title for this jello? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And then you win... Um, a prize. Stevens butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. Um, so a happy Valentine's Day, everyone. So tonight we're going to talk about a film that... It's quite suited to Valentine's Day in a way because yeah, it's but... quite intensely homoerotic in mm. parts. Yeah. We're talking about Robert Eggers' follow-up to The Witch and that is The Lighthouse, which um, I think on a previous episode, you met, Jonathan, you mentioned... Yeah, I gave a little yeah. mini-review basically just gushing, saying it was great, go yeah. and see it, it's awesome. Didn't want to give away too much at the time. Yeah. Gushing is quite appropriate. Gushing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's quite a bit of gloop. Gloop, yeah. yeah. Oozing and gushing. Gushing, gushing yeah. A timberman want with being a wiki. Just looking to earn a living. It's like any man. Starting new. On the run. Keeping secrets, are you? No, sir. Why just spill your beans?
How long have we been on this rock? Five weeks? Two days? Help me to recollect. The lighthouse, I loved it. I loved it as well. I did. Oh, well, there you go. Episode's over. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, how would you sum it up, um, Jonathan? How would you? I think I said it last time, but it's kind of like Poe meets Lovecraft if it was directed by Fritz Lang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. Martin? Gosh, it's a rough and ready descent into weirdness and eroticism and mermaid bubbly. <laughs> I thought it was, uh, yeah, I thought it was a sort of expressionist nightmare descent into hell, but was strangely pleasurable because mm-hmm. you kind of wanted to go with it. Mm-hmm. You know the way sometimes you see a film that's so strange, it just puts you off, like it, yeah. it's completely um, alienates you. Mm. This for me drew me in with its weirdness, and then by the time it got really weird, I was really into yeah. it and really cared about the characters and and stuff really 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 cared about Robert Pattinson <laughs> really cared about him have I never noticed him before because I, I did mention didn't I in my, yeah. in my little mini episodes it's like the like the physicality of him it, it's it, I don't know it's just something about him in this it, it's, it's impressive yeah because he's an actual he's an actual man in this rather than some pseudo consumptive Victorian yeah. vampire. Glittering vampire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's so, true. I, I think I said, it's like two of my favourite films last year were both uh, Robert Pattinson, two of them. I had Robert Pattinson in uh, High Life, the Claire Denis one, and Lighthouse. Yeah. And it's like, so he's, I wouldn't even really call myself a fan, but he was in two of my favourite films. Yeah. After the last um, 12 months, so. I think Sweat and Grime suits him better than Twee, Sparkly, Teenage Girl, Wet Dream. Because in those films, he was sort of had all that brood and stuff, but it, there was no real sexuality to go with it because mm. it was all so sterile mm. and Completely. beige. Whereas this is oozing with sex, really, isn't it? The whole film, I think it's in a weird way. It's it's a very sexual mm. film. Very in the Twilight film, as well. there's like a mystery to his personality, to the brooding. There's no substances there because you just no. don't get any sense of why he would be brooding at all. And with The Lighthouse, you do, but it's a complete mystery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's still a mystery, but you feel the weight of yeah. his past, There's, even without knowing it, really. It's much more visceral, isn't it? Yeah. There's a grit to it. It's, mm. It feels... A bit of grot. Grot and Definitely. smelly. Yeah. Smells of fart, unfortunately, <laughs> in many parts. Yeah, Willem Dafoe's fart. Willem Dafoe farts a lot during this movie. So the, the plot of the film is two men who are there to man a lighthouse in, like, 1890s. It's a ship and lane, isn't it? Mm. So they're to direct ships that are on the yeah. ship and lane mm. away from rocks. And it's um, it's meant to be New England, isn't it? Yeah, I think Was so. it shot in Nova Scotia or around yeah, those I think parts? so, yeah. It's sort of remote and cold and blustery and loud and the, the waves are crashing and stuff. Um, and it's the two of them there just locked together, isn't it? And it's their kind of power play and, and their sort of descent into madness, really. Mm. That's, 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 that's the plot, isn't it? There's not much yeah. to it. So Robert Patterson is Ephraim Winslow, but he goes under the alias of Thomas Howard for a bit, doesn't he? Or is it the other way around? No, his, is Ephraim Winslow is... The assumed identity. Is the assumed identity. His real name is Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. And Willem Dafoe is Thomas Wake. So is he the actual lighthouse manager? Yeah. And the, and and Ephraim has come in to be his like apprentice, apprentice, yeah. wacky kind of thing, isn't it? Um, and it's yeah. So they sort of descend into madness, but um, Ephraim has got a secret, and that is that he is really Thomas Howard, and he is on the run for things that we don't really mm. quite get until towards the end when it mm. all starts to piece together. Um, so it's all about picking apart his secrets as well um, but yeah I loved it I absolutely loved it the opening shot of it reminded me of the opening shot of Death in Venice mm-hmm. where um, there's a steamship that sort of comes out of the mist like a turner painting mm-hmm. and becomes more and more clear and that's similar to this isn't it you mm-hmm. see the, the boat that they're on yeah. comes out of the darkness headed for the lighthouse so Robert Eggers set out to make a film that was quite homoerotic in the first place mm. so the film was written by him and his brother Max 
Um, and apparently in the script, the lighthouse is described as being like a penis. Well, I suppose it is very phallic, isn't it? Just yeah. in general, mm. Doc Lighthouse's. Yeah. That's not really subtle, is it, I suppose? No. <laughs> we actually mentions it in the script. It is the lighthouse that stands there like an erect penis. <laughs> yeah. According to Robert yeah, I've always had to think about lighthouses since I was a kid, and I've never really known why. Maybe this is. <laughs> I think I first fell in love with lighthouses because um, we used to go on a lot of family trips to my nan's caravan on a point of air, and there's a lighthouse mm. there, so I first saw that there. And um, it was Portland Bill set around the lighthouse yeah. as well, <laughs> and the fog. So oh, the yeah. fog was my favourite horror film as a kid growing up. So the lighthouse there always. Mm. I was always drawn to that. There is something about that isolation there, isn't there? And that like rocky outcrop and exposed to the mm. weather and that like one that lone light, it's just you <clears> know, <throat> it's 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 just really evocative, yeah. isn't it? From the get go then we see that Ephraim is quite a sexually frustrated young man, don't we? Because he's got that little The mermaid, he got a mermaid doll, hasn't he? Yeah. That he... Well. He sort of rubs it with one hand while he wanks off with the other hand, doesn't yeah. he? Really? Didn't he find it, though? Isn't it there when he gets there? He gets it, yeah, it's there when he gets there. It's hidden in the mattress. In the mattress of one Because yeah. didn't the previous apprentice go mad mm-hmm. and had visions of mermaids? and? Yeah, there's a homoerotic moment quite early on, isn't there? Because there's isn't there a bit where he's outside and he peers in through a window mm. and he sees Willem Dafoe's naked buttocks yeah. grinding into the bed? Mm. And that, for me... I found that to be quite erotic, even mm. though I don't fancy Willem Dafoe in the slightest. But that image, and it... If you're trapped on an island with him, maybe you'd think they're... Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, he's been with Madonna as well, and yeah. Body of Evidence, so it's a connection there. Isn't it? I might need longer than four weeks to find him. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, John? <laughs> if there's no mermaids around, I mean... Yeah. He's cut a fuck hole in his bed, hasn't he? Doesn't he just? He's just isn't, doesn't he just have sex with like the mat, the hole in the yeah. mattress? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. <coughs> we've all been the hole in the mattress. <laughs> um, so there's that moment, and that made that made me think of. Have you ever seen the film uh, On Chance d'Amour from 1950 by yes. uh, Jean Genet? He was mm. like a French writer. It was his only film. It was a short film, mm. and it's two gay. It's two men, two prisoners on either side of a wall. Mm. And they're talking to each other through a hole. A glory hole. Well, it's, but it's only like small. Oh, okay. So they slide, isn't it a bit where he slides like a cigarette through and he's yeah. blowing smoke like from one it. side to the other. Ooh. And then the line there, both wanking and stuff, mm. and it's black and white, sweaty, yeah. very claustrophobic. And that this that moment made me think of that film. Mm. And then other moments throughout it, so there's lots of bits where... Do you think it's on purpose? Do you think he's referencing it? Because it's... It's quite dreamlike, isn't it? That mm, yeah. chanson de mort in yeah. lots of ways, and this is this sort of cuts quite often feels like it's cutting almost like a dream mm. does. Yeah, totally. And there's lots of shots of Robert Pattinson um, shot from below, um, where the, the shadow, the way he's in the shadows, and he's got glistening arms and you know sweaty and well, all that. There's, that a, there's a particular well. scene, isn't there? Isn't he too? He's like, isn't that getting teased or something? He's in the sheds and he's like, he's just got like. He's, just took his top off, hasn't he? So he's got his overalls over, over, his, over his bare chest. It, yeah. yeah. When they sit down for dinner, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because mm. you start to see the dynamic. So he's he won't drink really. Yeah. After won't drink. Um, whereas. Well, because he doesn't want to doesn't want to reveal his loose lips, sink ships. Well, exactly. Yeah. He's playing by the book. He is. He is. Um, whereas Thomas Willem Dafoe is what well, just gets hammered yeah. every oh, night. He's got his own homebrew, hasn't he? Hasn't he buried his own? Uh, yeah, yeah. His own booze, a bit And he he eats really noisily, burps and farts a lot. It's all really sort of gross. But you can sort of see the little relationship developing between them, can't you? There's a bit where he's like, doesn't he make him lobster? Oh. Mm-hmm. And he's like begging him to tell him that he likes yeah. his lobster. Your bombs are real lobster. <laughs> yeah. That's where they well, that's later on in the film where they start basically they start they start falling out, don't they? Mm. And the arguments have started to get worse and worse. Yeah. It's it's just yeah, it's just when they realise that they're not gonna leave at the yeah. time they're meant to leave. Because Patterson says, If I had a steak now, I'd fuck it. <laughs> I'd fuck the steak. <laughs> I'd fuck the steak. Yeah. But right at the beginning there's that moment, isn't there, where they're like they're tussling over whether whether Ephraim should have a drink or not. And he gives in and pours out the alcohol, but goes to the sink to yeah, get water from the pump. pump. It, yeah. And he pumps the water into the into the cup and goes to do the toast. And you see um, 
comes breaks out into a smile and you think oh he's he's given in they've, yeah. like they've got a, you know that their mate this got to be nice he's done the right thing he's having it do it he's he is doing the toast and he isn't smiling because of that is he's smiling because he knows exactly what that water is going to taste like because <laughs> the cistern hasn't been cleaned I, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh it's so gross yeah it's all brown it's all brown and Awful. Oh, you mean? So I went with Andrea to see this film, and um, we laughed our heads off at the seagull bit when everyone else was horrified. Oh, we were yeah. like laughing our heads off. <laughs> well, I mentioned that last time, didn't I? That is because he was. <laughs> he's obviously you know black fella become like a, an icon, hasn't he? Cultural yeah. icon. Um, and Steve was asking, you know, is there another animal like that? Is there a black fella in it? And I was like, well, there's there's a seagull. <laughs> <laughs> Not really the same. <laughs> So, for the first half of the film, he's being harassed by the seagull, isn't he? The, yeah, the seagull's like... threatening seagull. And it's sort of taunting him as well. Yeah. It's like madness pecking on him, I think. Yeah. Um, and then he gets to a point where, uh, before it happens, um, Thomas says, doesn't he, that it's bad luck to kill a seagull yeah. because the, the seagulls are inhabited by the spirits of lost dead, yeah, dead semen. Sailed, yeah, lost semen. <laughs> so the seagulls are full of semen. <laughs> So he pumps them, he go, he, it's another water moment, isn't yeah, he? he goes to yeah. get water in the morning yeah. and there's no clear water, it's thick, black, oily. And he goes there and in the cistern there's a dead, or there's a dying seagull in there, isn't there? Still yeah. like squawking, mm. but it's there all. It's like nightmarish, it's isn't it? Horrible. horrible. Yeah. But then the other, this, the harassing seagull, the stalkery seagull yeah. turns up yeah. to give him another powerful peck and yeah. attacks him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't he he gives it he gives it what for he grabs that seagull <laughs> and well He beats her to death. Beats it yeah. to death. He um, grabs it by its head t- tail it and whacks its head yeah. on the on the, the edge of the system. It's highly about unpleasant. seventeen million times. It's highly unpleasant, it's it's un, un, disturbing, upsetting. But for me, I found it very, very satisfying. <laughs> it was because at that point you sort of with him in this it's yeah. descent on you. Yeah. You're like you feel for him. You feel his frustration. Course, the seagull is battered so badly it just becomes a bloody fleshy, feathery monster <laughs> yeah. with a head. Um, but you, I felt for him. I thought, mm. yeah, that seagull needs to get. Yeah, definitely. So before this happens, we we see um, we see. Thomas um, sort of making Ephraim into his sort of lackey, treats him like absolute shit, doesn't well, he? Well, that's what he says, doesn't he? Only the, um, it's like only the lighthouse keeper gets the key, only I get to go up, and he's like, you've got to stay down here and do all yeah. the shitty jobs, because yeah. he, he hasn't painted the lighthouse, doesn't he? He's like painting it white, yeah. and he's on a, he's on like a little, he makes a little chair for yeah. him, and he's... Yeah. <laughs> like fraying rope. Yeah. yeah, which eventually snaps. <laughs> which just does snaps with a crash, doesn't he? <laughs> um, and he's always getting him to swap the deck and yeah, calls him his the, dog, yeah. doesn't he? Mm. He's like, dog, swap the deck, dog, and all that. Whereas he then, he sneaks off every night up to the light, doesn't he, Thomas? Yeah, to try. And we don't really know what sort of going on up there, but... Oh, so you get just kind of like tentacly things going on, isn't it? There's um, tentacles, um, there's a moment where... Ephraim sneaks up and peers up through the grating and some jizz. jizz drips yeah. onto his face, which yeah. I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed. <laughs> um, but there's, yeah, tentacles, there's tentacle sex going on up mm. there. Yeah. Whereas he is just kept below stairs yeah. all the time, isn't he, in the dark, doing all the shitty jobs. Yeah. But it's strange because the other, the, the apprentice who we never meet, who, who went mad and died... Was, was seeing visions of mermaids but was, was seeing things weird things in the light mm. but then it's almost immediately after Thomas says that he's up there in the light seeing weird things mm, in the yeah. light himself yeah yeah. so what do we think the light's meant to represent what do we think's happening up there do we think it's real tentacle creatures or do we think that it's it's sort of I don't know a feeling of sort of freedom of escape you know a bit of escape from the madness of being stuck there I don't Oh, it's hard to say, really. Yeah. I mean, I think what it represents to Robert Pattinson's character is like the freedom. He's he's gone to the next level, so it's it, this is something that he's blocked out of, blocked out from, and he can't see it. Yeah. So for him, that's just like an ascension to the next mm. thing. I'm I'm down here as a scrub, basically. Mm. But so I want to be up there. It's disturbing, though, isn't it? The tentacle like is disturbing. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. It's I'm not the only person who thinks it's disturbing. So there's something about if he's got his freedom, but he can't really force his way to that freedom, can he? Because that that's quite 
yeah. going up there you've got to face whatever that tentacle yeah. is attached to yeah. that's scary and I mean jumping to the end but his reaction to the light is very very different from Willem Dafoe isn't mm. it because Willem Dafoe gives himself to it and finds pleasure mm. whereas Ephraim slash Thomas is horrified and driven yeah. mad by it isn't yeah. it the minute he looks into it which made me think is it a bit like a reflection so mm. is it like is it because it, he has got a guilty secret that he's running away from? Does the light shine that back at him? So that's why he screams. Well, and that's it. Shine the light on his secrets, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It's expo- he's exposed, isn't he? Because mm. he's, he's literally exposed because he he ends up like naked at the end. Yeah, that's what Willem Dafoe is naked up there as well, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. I suppose while he looks at it as if it, it is freedom, it's, you know, total freedom. Yeah. Which is that what Willem Dafoe is experiencing, but yeah. but he can't because he's got this secret in the background. Yeah. But I think the point of the the point of the film are all like the madness is is his it's his guilt basically driving him mad. Yeah. It's like we're the same power, it's like the was it Telltale Heart? Yeah. It's it's that same sort it's of story, totally. it's all yeah. just um, on the machinist as well, I suppose, if yeah. you've ever seen that. Never seen that, but it's yeah. a good film. Yeah. It's a similar sort of vibe, it's like his guilt is just turned him into a monster, basically. Yeah. Um so they've got a set period of four weeks and then they're off the island. But then on the night of the when they're supposed to be getting picked up, there's a giant storm. It's really powerful, isn't it? It's really it's great to watch on a big screen. Yeah. That sound almost immediately after he's killed that seagull. So yeah. you, you think it is it is connected. Yeah, and then so they're stranded there. Hmm. Um, so um, they eventually start to sort of raid the booze. Yeah, and is this the moment where Robert Pattinson gives in as his first yeah, drink? I think so. First, I'll call it beverage. Or not long after, yeah. Um, and then their relationship starts to dissolve, doesn't it? So yeah. it dissolves from sort of that the barrier of the dom and the sub, and they start to sort of meld. But it's a, it's weird though, and it? it's almost it be, they become closer, but at the same time more fraught and like disconnected. It's weird mm. because they do actually when when they're both drunk, they do actually almost enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Don't they like singing together and. There's scenes, how they dance in one scene they together? Dance, yeah. They slow dance, they get yeah. drunk and slow dance, and then there's the near kiss. And at that point, and, and, and another point, it, there's almost there's always those moments where they realise they've got they've they've got they've got more close than they realise, and it, it springs yeah. apart. Yeah. And that kiss is, a, is the ultimate moment yeah. of that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it results in yeah, it results in conflict and. Violence and it does. Whatever. It does, and it's that kind of sort of the, the mention in the interview that we read um, about toxic masculinity mm. and stuff, and how a lot of the time, if two men get do get as they see it too close, mm. the only way to respond to that is with aggression and violence, mm. isn't it? Mm. To sort of prove them, prove to themselves that that's not who they are, and they're not that vulnerable. They don't need each other in that mm. way. Um, and then we so there's the um, the second masturbation scene for Robert Pattinson. Um, where he where he imagines having sex with the siren, the mermaid. Don't you get like a real a close up of like a mermaid's big vagina? Yeah, like mermaid vagina. After I'd left the cinema watching it, I was going down the escalator from the from the There was no, there was a couple behind me. The one behind me said 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 to a boyfriend, really liked the design of the 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 design of the mermaid vagina. He turned round and went. We like the main <laughs> If you're listening, yeah. Yeah. it was a really nice moment. <laughs> you bonded over bonded over mermaid vagina. Mermaid muff. Mermaid muff. Yeah, I was quite disturbed by that. Right? <laughs> I, was, I yeah. did enjoy it. Yeah, it was great, but I was just like, and then when she's shrieking at him as well, shrieking that was quite scary mm. as well. The sound on this film is amazing. Doesn't he have like a? He's like a reason of like raping the mermaid almost, doesn't he? Well, he gets aggressive, yeah. doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. But is he remembering? So, so we start to see, we start to piece uh, together. Maybe it's his victim. Maybe his past, don't we? Yeah, so maybe. the real Ephraim Winslow, um, who looks very pretty and blonde, played by played by Logan Hawke. So I'm just looking at on IMDb to see how else he's been in. Just this, he's very pretty and blonde. Um, we just see sort of the back of his head, don't we? Mm-hmm. So it's like what what was going on there, and has he killed him and stolen his identity? Yeah. Is there a sexual history there? Maybe. You never know. Bit of a vibe of Brokeback Mountain. I thought that. I wondered whether there really that was... What it was. It what it was. That there's been some sort of sexual relationship between him and the real... Ephraim. Ephraim. Yeah. That's gone further than, than Ephraim 
and Tommy mm-hmm. and, he, and he's killed him out of mm-hmm. shame or, or there was an, or definitely allude to there being an accident yeah. he says he's he like he, he dropped him or, he, dropped like him or he slips between two logs in the river yeah. 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 but he just yeah. doesn't it's almost like maybe he didn't kill him but he left he, he didn't he save just, him he didn't save yeah. him yeah. he didn't he didn't move to save him yeah. at all yeah. so it's like neglect <laughs> rather than actively yeah yeah, yeah. Jonathan's yeah. just Sorry. giggling at logs man. logs I know <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to my deep meaningful point. <laughs> well, well, no, no. no. Yeah. Yes, I think there was some something deep and meaningful that happened it between was. the two of them. Mm. Um, involving logs. Involving logs <laughs> and slipping between two things. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to do them in. I admit I did. Seeing the back of his head. One swipe of the card hook would be all. Uh, it was. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I did not. The, the day was long as hell on that drive, and I was lead tired. I admit it. But I saw him slipping, not me. We saw the jam coming, I stood, and he slipped. He shouted up, and I I just stood there. Tom, you dog. I just stood there as all, just, just stood. Watched him get swallowed by them logs. And all I could think when he was done was I I could use me a smoke. And that's it. So I packed up his kit and fixings as if they was my own and Ephraim Winslow, well now he'd got a spiffy clean slating. And Thomas Howard well, he don't. No prospects. How else am I going to find respectable work? So, quite interestingly, so then the storm, there's a the moment towards the end where the storm really hits and they end up like, mm. the, the the place floods, doesn't it? The, yeah. the cottage floods and they're trapped in there. Um, and then there's a fight between yeah. the two. I think mm-hmm. this, is we, this is when we start getting Willem Dafoe's like, monologues, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he, He's like he's picking on him almost, isn't he? He's like yeah. talking down to him with these like monologues. And, and but, they just... don't, but they don't. They sort of, they must make sense, but they don't really make sense. Mm. Yeah, a lot of the dialogue is it's it's one of those films, isn't it, where you sort of have to go. You, you want to go back and watch it again to yeah. catch some of the well, stuff. I wanted. I do want to see it again. I pro- yeah. I wanted to see it again before this, but yeah. So I, I do remember it, but yeah, I could do it too again. It starts to become much more fragment, frag, frag mentored doesn't it yeah so you 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 have you at one point you have an image of willem defoe chasing um robert patterson with an axe yeah, don't yeah. You? like the shaman um, isn't it yeah and you've got uh robert patterson leading willem defoe through the island like a like a dog so that's at the end isn't it so mm. there's a switch isn't there so it very much um willem defoe as the dominant one um and then there's a real switch and it's like pub play, isn't it? At the mm-hmm. end, it made me it think is. of pub play. I was like, oh my god, I'm back in Berlin, um, and he's leading him on. He's got him on a lead, and mm-hmm. he's calling him dog this time. Yeah. There's a great moment where he stands up to him, where where Ephraim stands up to Thomas towards the end, and he he tells him that he um, he says, "God damn you!" He's saying, "God damn you!" I'm sick of you acting like this. I'm <laughs> sick of your laugh, your snore, and your goddamn farts. <laughs> you smell like piss. You smell like jism, like rotten dick, like. Curdled foreskin. Yeah. That was my favourite bit. That, yeah. Like hot onions fucked a farmyard shit house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of your smell, I'm sick of it, I'm sick of it, you goddamn drunk, you goddamn no account drunken son of a bitch bastard liar. That's what you are. You're a goddamn drunken horse shitting short shit liar, a liar. Mm. And Jonathan f- Larkin said all that from memory. <laughs> I did, I did. Because <laughs> I say it to Ben every <laughs> night. Especially the bit about the curdled foreskin. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's just fat. I love that line. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the fantastic. dialogue throughout. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Didn't um, it reminds me of the witch in that sense? I think yeah, because there's a lot of great 
dialogue. It's trying to be like quite period, hasn't it? Yeah. So the, the actual the way they would have spoken at the time. Mm-hmm. I think Willem Dafoe's had a good effort with that, hasn't he? Definitely. He's, he's great. He's great. There's a great I love his toast. Should pale death with treble dread. Should pale death with treble treble dread and make the ocean caves our bed. God who hears the sages roll Dane to save our supply and soul. You 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 would um you'd think he would be in danger of being a bit too um Captain Bird's eye pulled and mm. built with his <laughs> accent. Yeah. But he's actually very it, it, it actually feels quite natural, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I forgot there's a nice and I think he just let him and also because he's let himself be yeah. Very real good. Yeah. There's a lot of humour in the film. Yeah, definitely. And we, we went to an afternoon screen and it was full. Mm-hmm. It was really full. Mm-hmm. And um there was a great moment where he's after that big monologue, that ranting Kirtle Foreskin monologue, Thomas just says, You have a way with words, Tommy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And everybody laughed and yeah. loud. It was great. What did you think of the sounds of it as well? Sounds is amazing. I thought it was a real like oppressive to it. There's like almost like a drone, isn't it's it? Just drone. all the way through the film. Is it a falcon that goes yeah, off? Like every the few corn, isn't it? But it's just like it really puts you like in an oppressive like Yeah, it does. Oh, it's Right at the beginning, you just get that sense of just how they've come onto the... Robert Pattinson's come onto the island, all primed to sort of be in this new home, and immediately is on edge. Doesn't get to, like, breathe a sigh of relief, because yeah. there's the fog home, and there's um, Thomas Farton and yeah. being abrasive, and it's just yeah. like, I can't, I, you, I can't breathe out. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. I suppose he's running away, but he's just ran into a he's just ran into a prison. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> yeah, has, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a man looking for a, for a sort of he's he's looking for his, his own little island, isn't he? His own little cave to sort of escape to, but But you can't outrun no. your demons in that way. Mm. Uh, the music's by Mark Corvin. Yeah. He did the witch as well. Um, it's really powerful. And I think that's a it's a good um, double bill with the witch. Mm, yeah. Actually, it's quite. I mean, that would be an intense double bill. Yeah, they, they are different, but I yeah. think they both. You can see that by the same director, they both got a similar sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't he find a head? Yes. And is it is, in a lobster pot? He finds a head in a lobster pot. Is that someone who Thomas I, has killed? Yes, and I think it's meant to be because doesn't Ephraim accuse Thomas and say you've killed? I mean, that might be Ephraim's madness. Yeah. We accuse them of, of killing the previous assistant. The wiki. The wiki. The yeah. wiki yeah. Rather than the fellow having gone mad and, gone mad and died. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so maybe he, Thomas murdered them. Yeah. It was Thomas yeah. that killed him. Because yeah. he said, you're going mad. Because yeah. the tussle at the end is like, he doesn't he come at him with an axe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is this what's happened to the previous one? Are, mm-hmm. they, yeah. both, are they both going mad? He's gone mad just of solitude. Yeah. Being stuck on this island. Yeah. And obviously uh, Ephraim's got this guilt that's dragging him down and making him making him crazy. Totally. Um, so yeah, um, um, he buries... Thomas alive. Ephraim buries Thomas mm. alive. Yeah. Oh, it's in his uh, booze hole, isn't it? Yeah. And he yeah. digs up his booze from, and he That's, sticks them in it. I found that really, really uh, when he's throwing the mud and it's all going in his mouth. Yeah. He's still, still talking. Yeah, he's not he's avoiding it. Really visceral. Doesn't he get out of that though? Because doesn't he run back in? Well, that's that, that's the moment he comes back at the accident. Yeah, yeah, he comes back later. Yeah. I like the look of it. I think of the look. I think the framing of it as well, especially like the the ratio of it. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. I love the scene. There's a great scene where, isn't it meant to be like Triton, is it? Where Willem yes. Dafoe's Triton. Yeah, he's covered in bar. He's like partially covered in barnacles yeah. and seaweed and he's and got the, his, like Triton. Yeah. And his, um, the light is shining in his face. Yeah. Mm. So all, all in all, it's a very powerful experience altogether, isn't it? There, was, yeah. there wasn't a moment I was bored. No, I no. was completely swept up in it. Um, and, um, spoiler, the, so at the end, uh, Willem Dafoe's Thomas is dead. Robert Patterson's Thomas goes up finally gets the keys goes up to the light and his reaction to the light isn't a positive one he climbs he actually does he climb right into the light yeah mm. he opens it up isn't it like a door he yeah. opens up like a door yeah. it's yeah. like a lantern a giant lantern yeah it? and it, it sort of he sort of is thrown back by it isn't he so he's horrified by what he sees and then thrown back mm. and then the last shot is him lying naked on the rocks being eaten by the gulls mm. by you yeah by seagulls. By seagulls. And he's, he's actually half alive, isn't he? Yeah, he's still, so he's like still there. He's yeah. still there, twitching. Like, yeah. 
Isn't there? I've not just remembered a funny bit where isn't he? He, ta- he takes him. He makes him go and empty the, the shit bucket, doesn't he? Ugh. And when he goes to throw it in the wind, catches it and it just blows yeah, back in his yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> it's a smelly, sweaty, horrible film, isn't it? Really? Yeah. You can yeah. There's no romance to this lighthouse. There's no romance to the lighthouse. There's a strange homoeroticism to it. But it's at its most base, masculine level. Mm. Which is what made me think of Brokeback Mountain in a way. Because that... The, uh, when you watch that, even though that's dressed up quite romantically, after you've watched it, actually in the film and in the short story, there's not much of a flowery romance no. to it. It's mm. two men who just need each other and, and just start shagging and mm. spits on his hands and shoves it in while they're eating beans. I mean, come on, it's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. It's not a romantic shag in front of a log fire. No. You know, so that's what this film captures for me as well. That See, kind of the two men. He tries, mm. tries to together. go in the mood with the lobster as well. You know, yeah. he cooks him yeah. a nice lobster. Aphrodisiac. <laughs> Whether it's lobster or beans, don't just spit on your hand. And no, it's, n- it's never gonna. Both of those food types will end in disaster. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, Steve's problem. Was that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's it. He has a vegan lobster. Vegan lobster. It's um, much too rich. It's just all um, went it's south. Always, yes. <laughs> it went all ways. It went all ways. Um, so there we go. So we all enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I would say, I, I, just from personal taste, of the two Robert Eggers films, The Witch is more my thing, because yeah. the, the narrative of it is more my thing. But, but this, I'll watch this again and again. Yeah, I think the... The Lighthouse is more my thing. I'm more. Yeah, I'm like Lovecraftian. Yeah, I was more. I'm more into Lovecraft, and and the expressionist look of it as well is more yeah, my thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Witch is still a great film, but yeah. I think this is, you know, if The Witch is a nine out of ten, and this is probably a ten. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the both, both great films, but for me, this is a bit more. It's more, more my taste. Yeah. Either way, I'm intrigued to see where Robert Eggers goes next. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. What? So would you? I think The Witch is probably. I prefer The Witch to this film, but both of them are brilliant films. Yeah, yeah. Oh, three happy horror fans mm. here, aren't we? It's amazing. Um, so Valentine's Day is upon us. Um, by the time you listen to this, it will be Valentine's mm. Day. So we, I, um, I, I went to Twitter and Facebook just to ask our listeners um, and people who just follow us and don't listen to us um, what they would think would be a good um, Valentine's film for a date or with your other half, or for a grinder hookup. I don't know if the people post the pictures on grinder hookups. Um, Willem Dafoe's coming over. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and the responses, we've got quite a few responses. So first off, obviously we, we asked Stephen, because he's not here. Yeah. Um, from so his hospital bed. From, so from his yeah. hospital bed, he's still tweeting from his hospital bed. He's still taking shirtless selfies in hospital. Um, he said seeing as though I'll be mysteriously absent from this episode I'll put my opinion here I like a good period drama so carry <laughs> or maybe sinister because it's popcorn horror that puts the willies up me I think you've had enough of that <laughs> uh, it puts the willies up me and that's how all good dates should end and then he says no actually it has to be New York Ripper so I can recreate the Cafe Oto scene later on <laughs> Yeah. Oh, All good Valentine's Day. The whole fuss after that. <laughs> you lately. Up to the knee. Matthew Penny says, uh, uh, "Midsummer oh. is is the only is the only day for him." Which you know, happy ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rebecca McCollum says, "Texas Chainsaw Massacre." A because it's my favorite film of all time. B because my boyfriend refuses to acknowledge it's a masterpiece, and another watch might just tip him over the edge. And C because nothing gets my heart racing like the gritty, relentless feverishness of one of the most important works in horror cinema. This is an invitation to my better half. We can eat head cheese and barbecue, and I'm sure at least one of us could outrun Leatherface. The other half is my script editor, by the way. Oh. Whatever way, I'm not like on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, we can get a reference in. <laughs> Um, Gary Needham um, says the best movie about being dumped and uh, and assessing romantic suitability is The Prowler slash Rosemary's Killer from 1981 which is a slasher we haven't covered it's quite a rare one yeah. I saw it years ago so I can't I can't really remember it but Gary says it's not only a test of any dates metal with amazing Tom Savini effect but also their knowledge of Farley Granger Farley Granger's in it and the Hollywood closet um, Andy Roberts uh, our friend from Nasty Pasty Podcast, who's back, he's doing more Nasty Pasty Podcasts, everyone's so going to listen to him. 
He says Valentine, my bloody Valentine, and be my Valentine or else, aka Hospital Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen that one. Are all decent Valentine's Day themed horrors, but I personally destroyed the ice, introducing my taste immediately. My first date with my fiance was Lucio Fulci's House by the Cemetery. Hmm. Nice. James Lefebvre says, Call me a romantic, but I prefer a bit of love in my Valentine's movies. So maybe Fatal Attraction. And he mentions casually that Glenn is a role model in this movie. Or even Single by Female or The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. He says, Wholesome love movies. Um, and I've got to say, uh, 90s thrillers always get mm-hmm. a thumbs up from me. Definitely. <laughs> Fatal Attraction was 80s, but you know what I mean. Um, Emmy Costa says, I love My Bloody Valentine, the original, of course, and I also like Valentine. And uh, Horror Movie Podcast says, for those whose better halves don't care for horror, you have to find a film that's also working on a different emotional level. Sexy vampires are always good. (laughs) Beyond the Sparkling, Interview with the Vampire and Bram Stoker's Dracula are very horny films. And Only Lovers Left Alive. I think um, Interview with the Vampire, the moment where... Antonio Banderas nearly kisses Brad Pitt is very erotic. But other than that, mm. Tom Cruise, you can't be yeah. turned on by Tom Cruise. Sorry. Um, so those were the responses. I asked Ben mm. what he thought would be good date, Valentine's date movies, and he said for me he would pick Inside. <laughs> <laughs> or something like and Fluffy, like Ilsa, She Wolf of the Essence. <laughs> oh, he knows you so well. R.I.P. Diane Thorne. Oh. Icon, she could have married me and Ben. I am so gutted that I never went through with it because I had her email address. I was going to email her and ask her if we come to Vegas, would you marry me and my fiance? Did you do it in the Ilsa Garb or? Well, she's an ordained minister. I'm not sure whether she's allowed to dress as a Nazi for that. But. Fucking technicalities. But we probably would have insisted. Yeah. At least the Siberia, you know. Iris and Siberia costume. She died anyway. No. What if you could have distracted her and whilst the other one from behind stuck SS <laughs> a, a, a thing on her shoulders well, without her noticing and then did the wedding. And also for the photographs, SS epaulets aren't as bad as swastikas, are they? No. Yeah. They're the most subtle, aren't they? Yeah. It's more tasteful. Yeah. Although if it was in America, you know, you've got you know, freedom of belief. They're not allowed to stop it, are they? That's true. <laughs> Uh, so R.I.P. Diane Thorne. Oh, and Keg Douglas as well. Both yeah. around yeah. the same time, I think. Yeah, I wasn't bothered about him. No. <laughs> He's not in many horror films, really, yeah. I suppose. The Fury. He's good. The Fury, yeah. The Fury's good. Um, so, yeah, he'll show up the SS. And then he said, or if it was someone normal, put on 3D. Someone <laughs> normal. And I have to say, um, what I'd probably do with a Valentine's Day if it was a new boyfriend as one to sort of separate the men from the boys mm. so I'd have to watch something really Cannibal Holocaust Cannibal Holocaust or watch Candyman and casually drop in that I really fancy Candyman yeah. <laughs> and see what happens there or Hellraiser for Uncle yeah. Frank it's very romantic yeah did you two have any thoughts on what your Valentine's Date movie would be I I've got two yeah um, basically because well, the two films that I want to won't touch because I haven't watched them for a while. One, well, my main pick is Daughters of Darkness. Because oh. I just think it's so sensual and sexy and gorgeous. Mm. It's, got think, yes, it's, it's got a romance to it. It's got a romance to it. So, you know, the be, um, with that dreamlike quality, you'd, you know, hopefully have a chance of getting it on. <laughs> and my other pick is more recent, it's Your Next, which is, you know, it's about me going back to meet the parents, isn't it? Of course. Going wrong. You don't expect your family, you don't expect your boyfriend's family to get picked off by men in masks with crossbows, do you? That's true. Mm-hmm. I need to rewatch that film because I think I quite like that film. I like that film and it um, it scared, it prevented me from walking down my own landing because <laughs> my own hair and covered yeah. immediately after watching it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah on the basis of meeting the parents can go horribly wrong it'll either push you as a couple one way or another yeah and um, you're not you could say that about Get Out as well couldn't you you could John uh, I couldn't I'm struggling to think of something really but I think um, for me I'd like a good laugh so I'd probably want to watch something that was kind of you know you want to see what this person's like so you put something on that's a bit uh, something you can laugh at as well yeah so I'd probably go for something like Sleepaway Camp 
Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, because then you, you'd see what kind of person this is. Does this person appreciate something a bit, yeah. you know, something, you know, it's gory, but it's also, you can have a laugh at it because it's like, there's ridiculous. There's a, yeah, there's an absurdity to it. So you think, if this person's on the same level as me, yeah. what are they going to make of this film? There's an absurdity to it. And also, it's really non PC and it's human. Yeah. So the stuff that, that a lot of people would be like, oh, you shouldn't be laughing at that. Yeah, if she, so if she if laughs she gets at a, it. If she gets offended and walks out halfway, then, you know. It wasn't fair. <laughs> it's not, not meant to be. It wasn't fair. But, but if she laughs at it, then, you know. Yeah. Great. So, Sleepaway Camp, Daughters of Darkness, mm-hmm. you're next. Candyman. Candyman. <laughs> Ilsa Sheewolf of the SS. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to be better made for each other. We really are. We really are. So there we go. That's our first episode back for 2020. We've got um, we've got lots more to come. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone who's still listening to us. I went and checked our listens the other day and they are actually higher mm. than I thought. So that's good. Um, but we would like you to interact with us more. So do drop us a line and let us know what you think of the show. Um, uh, you know, a few hundreds of you are listening to each episode. So, you know. Pipe up and tell us what you think. Yeah. Um, any pics you want us to, any yeah, you want us to cover particularly? Exactly. Um, we're going to be doing giveaways for the next year because I'm clearing out all my horror DVDs. Also, we're going to have guests. So we have a little offshoot planned called Sleazy Queens, which which gives us the chance to look at films that aren't necessarily horror. But the, yes, but they are absolute trash or, or um, you know, yeah. problematic faves. Yeah. Um, Isn't so. it? So on the, on the, um, the topic of problematic faves, I think one of my favourites is getting apparently a re-release this year, Caligula. Really? They found a lot of uh, extra footage, so they're going to try and make it more like uh, Gore Vidal's original script. Wow. Um, so Caligula, extra long. Caligula, <laughs> extra thick version. <laughs> yeah. That's probably going to be on our list. Yeah. Um, so our friend, I love, I love Caligula. It's great. Our friend Andy Roberts from the Nasty Pasty podcast and also um, Chris Brown, who does the Video Nasties podcast, give them a check them out. They will join us for those episodes as well. So we'll have a, we'll have a packed room. Um, but yeah, as always, we welcome your comments, thoughts, um, uh, hate mail, you know, send that all to Stephen. He's at the Royal Hospital right now, <laughs> being tucked back in. Um, oh, the prolapse board. Oh, bless you. Um, so you can get me on Twitter at Johnny Larkin, Jonathan Butler. Uh, uh, Cthulhu502. Well, I'm going to get you. Of course, I can't tell. You know, um, you'll get me. Um, Oh, you'll get me at the back by the foggle. <laughs> at the back? Round the back by the foggle. <laughs> He's always looking for a horn. Yeah. <laughs>